श्रीला गुरुदेव की जाय श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जाय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जाय श्री राज महाराज की जाय श्री श्री जगन्नाथ बलदेव सुभाद्री जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की गुड इवनिंग गुड आफ्टरनून टू ऑल ऑफ यू My pleasure to be here. Sorry for not being able to be in the morning. Hopefully tomorrow you will see me. <laughs> uh, and today we are, in one sense, starting more officially with a series of lectures um, on Mahaprabhu and his uh, experience in Jagannathpur, if you will. Mm? This uh, this has happened because mainly on this weekend, on Sunday, this coming Sunday, we are celebrating Ratha Yatra according to the Panjika, to the Vaishnava calendar. Ratha Yatra is there, so here Shamananda Prabhu suggested very intelligently, like, okay, we can give some series of lectures building up to the Ratha Yatra, you know, like all the previous sections that converge into this important high point of Mahaprabhu's stay in Puri called the Rath Yatra, the chariot festival with Sri Jagannath. So, and this is typical, we have done some series, similar series like this, I remember we, some time back in Madhuban, in Costa Rica, we made some series, Preach and Mastami, Harikata, no? so one week before the advent of Sri Krishna, we made a series of lectures about Again, building up to that particular moment. So, there is place for that in our Gaudiya tradition. It's a very nice way of preparing our consciousness for one specific event. And in the context of that, of course, entering through many other significant events at the same time. So, along these days, mainly today, tomorrow, day after tomorrow, maybe some other days, we will be speaking about Mahaprabhu in Puri. So today in particular, the idea is to share some words about Sri Chaitanya's uh, arrival to Jagannathpur, which is not just arrival. Like well, He took a, a ticket and, and got on that day, and that's, that's his arrival. But there's a whole series of things that happened on, on his way, because as you know, there was no ticket to get to Puri, but it was just by feet walking <laughs> from one place to another. From Navadvi, actually Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas. I won't, we won't go into that direction. That's a whole separate series of lectures, maybe for another retreat. <laughs> but Nimai Vishwambar Mishra, he accepted sannyas in Katwa from Kesha Bharati at 24, and then eventually he ended up in Puri by the very wise uh, advice of his mother, Sri Sachi Devi. As Gurmash will say, mother. Mother knows best. No? So whenever he accepted sannyas, eventually he was taken by Nityananda Prabhu by some transcendental cheating to Shantipur. Mahaprabhu wanted to run to Vrindavan, but he was taken to Shantipur nearby Navadvip, where Advaitacharya was there and many other devotees were there, including Satchimata, who was to see Mahaprabhu one more time, if you will, for one more last time, if you will, before his going to Puri in this case. But the point is that Mahaprabhu goes to Satchimata and says, in a moment of madness, I, I did this stuff. I accepted sannyas. I mean, to accept sannyas is, is weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
basically. So he said, I abandoned everything because, again, Mahaprabhu, for, for, for his devotee, his our Vishwambar, our Nimai Nadia, no? like a sannyasi is like a strange figure for them, like shape, where are his, his curly locks, his beautiful tomboy, now accepting the renunciation, the rod of renunciation, showing severe bairagya. Oh my God, this is like a thunderbolt for the heart of Mahaprabhu's associates and Nadia. Oh well, the point is that he says to Stachi, in a moment of madness I took this sannyas. So, what to do now? If you tell me, I, I, I go back home and I accept. I leave this sannyas. Imagine, he accepts sannyas and almost the next day he was thinking about leaving sannyas. <laughs> or higher purpose in this case. There is something higher than sannyas. But Sachi thought, no, no, I don't want you to have bad reputation as a mamachari or something like this. <laughs> no, like you go back home and you stay there and which type of sannyas is that one? So I, I couldn't tolerate that people may defame, defame you. And, and, and also we know the purpose of Mahaprabhu sannyas, the external purpose at least, was to establish himself in society with good reputation so his his message could be properly heard. Because again, some guy appears with all these weird saffron robes and one stick in the hand, one, and everyone says, oh, I have to hear him seriously. Maybe not now, but in India in that time, <laughs> that was that was the case. You know, sannyasi always commanded attention. So he took this as a preaching strategy. Krishna, the Lampatas, we spoke yesterday, the playboy, as a sannyas. No. <laughs> but of course, as we also explained, Mahaprabhu sannyas has an internal meaning, as we said yesterday, I think, right? In connection to Krishna trying to repay his death of love with the gopis. And renouncing everything, his own town, his own dear, dear most and closest people, for the sake of pursuing this Radhavav. I'm wearing the cloth, the saffron color which has to do with Radha's bhav in separation, as we mentioned. Her kumkum, her tears, saffron. So, <clears throat> so interestingly, when Mahaprabhu said that to Sachi, he said, if you tell me I leave my sannyas and return home. He said, no, 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 continue as a sannyas, but please, where to stay then? Where, where I will establish my head, headquarters, you say? So she very wisely suggested you can establish yourself in Jagannath Puri. Because Jagannath Puri, she says, it's like a second room in the same house. Mayapur, Navadip, and Jagannath Puri is not that far as, I don't know, Brindavan and Jagannath Puri or somewhere else. So it's relatively close. I mean, it's not that close either. It's not that you walk for half an hour and you are there. But it's not that close in the sense that she said... There will be always some dynamic of devotees coming and going from one place to the other, so I will always receive news from you. I mean, she knew from this day on, I will never see you again. Because the sannyas, strictly speaking, especially in that times and society, the sannyasi leaves home, leaves the hometown, leaves family, never to return. So, strong. Of course, she always saw him on a daily basis in different sporties, ambitions, he was always there, as we know. He went there and ate all the offerings she made. That's another, another thing. But she suggested you please establish yourself in Jagannath Puri. So the external reason has to do with it's not so far. There will always be news about you, and I will maintain myself alive along with Vishnu Priya in separation from you. But also again the internal reason, because we have always to think in these two terms. External reason, internal reason. So everything that is happening in Gorlila 
is happening in these two parallel sections always. You can explain all from the external reason of Mahaprabhu's descent and also from the internal reason. So which was the internal reason for Mahaprabhu's descent? You know. Yeah, to taste basically Radhabhav, in, in brief words. So, in this case, what's the meaning for that? What's the meaning of going to Jagannath Puri in the context of tasting Radhabhav? In the context of the external reason, he's sannyasi, he's preaching, establishing the Yuga, Dharma, and so on. And such a, and suggested that, but internally... It's like hidden Vrindavan. That's one way of saying Gupta Vrindavan, and especially Jagannath Puri is known as Vipralambakshetra. Vipralambakshetra, which means the field of separation, the, the, the ideal place for culturing this mood of separation. Then we will find Sri Jagannath, Baladev, Subhadra. You can, I mean, we won't speak in detail today about them, mostly on the day of Ratha Yatra, but their particular figure, totem like figures, actually. <laughs> speak about intense love and separation. So Jagannathpur is the ideal stage for the project that Sri Krishna Chaitanya had in mind, which is, I have to taste Radha. Is Krishna, remember, fully full with greed about tasting Radha Bhav. And tasting Radha Bhav will be mainly tasting Radha Bhav in separation from Krishna. The main experience of Mahaprabhu is tasting the mood of Sri Radha in separation from Krishna. So Jagannath Puri is the place par excellence for that. So in a very wise way also, such is advice coincided with this inner necessity of the inner purpose of Mahaprabhu. So in this way Mahaprabhu decides to establish himself in Jagannath Puri. So he will, he begins his journey from the area or, or of Bengal where he was Mayapur then Shantipur he visited some places on the way as we say the other day Kumarahata also where Sri Vaspandit had moved and eventually he starts to walk towards Jagannathpur with some few associates some of them will join him in Jagannathpuri permanently and as we will see some other associates will visit him on a yearly basis for months per year for the period of Chaturmasya which includes Ratha Yadra and so on so, on the way of J- to Jagannathpur, again, it's not a half an hour walk. No? It takes days and weeks. No? It's not just... But it's relatively close. India is a big place. <laughs> so, there are, there are some things that happen on the way. So, we will speak today about a little bit of what happens on the way to Jagannathpuri and what's the main event on the arrival to Jagannathpuri, which is the main event there is the conversion of Bhattacharya Sarvabhoma. But first, in Chaitanya Charitamrita mainly, but also some of these things, what I will share with you these days come from these two main biographies of Sri Chaitanya Dev, Chaitanya Charitamrita and Chaitanya Bhagavad. So first of all, it is described that on his way, Mahaprabhu was stopping along with some associates. He was stopping in different holy spots, different places, different temples, venerating different forms of the Absolute there. So in his way to Puri, he visits one place called Ramona. I don't know if you have heard about that, or you have been there. Ramona is especially famous for one deity that Mahaprabhu visited, called Sira Chor Gopinath. Kir Chor Gopinath. Kir Chor Gopinath. Means Gopinath who steals Chor, Kir. 
kiel. How to translate? Like sweet rice. Sweet rice. No, a particular, we will see a particular type of sewer. <laughs> so he stops in this temple, and this temple already had a, a very ancient story. It's not famous because Mahaprabhu stopped there only. Of also for us, that's an added feature, but it, it had a very special background story that Mahaprabhu starts to share when stopping uh, in the temple in his, on his way to Puri. And this is closely connected with another personality, very important for us as Gaudias, called Madhavendra Puri Kijai, who is considered for, for, for all of us like the, the one who somehow or other originally started to express that type of mood that Mahaprabhu himself eventually cultivated in a systematic way and became basically the gift of the Sampradaya, if you will. So all this goes back to Madhavendra Puri in Vrindavan. So for one minute, try to travel with me in your mind from Bremuna to Vrindavan, more specifically to Govardhan, Giraj Govardhan. So Madhavendra Puri was there for a moment. He was at that time like in wandering mendicant, nomad, if you will, rolling on the ground here and, and there and arriving to different sacred spots. So one day, I, I will, of course, I have to make some summary of all these sections because it's impossible to, to narrate all of them in detail. So suddenly one day, Srila Madhavendra Puri, who, just for you to have an idea, Madhavendra Puri will be, how do you say in English, the the grand grandfather. I mean, the guru of Mahaprabhu's guru, basically. Great. Do you have some extra param guru? <laughs> Let's go to the Sanskrit. No? Better get accustomed to that. So Mahaprabhu's guru is Ishwara Puri, and Ishwara Puri's guru Devi is Sri Padmalapendra Puri. So also there is this important connection no? between Mahaprabhu and his param guru Devi. So one day, Madhavendra Puri, he's in Govardhan, and one very charming little cowboy comes to him with a bowl, bowl, bowl of milk. Remember, which was the standard of Madhavendra Puri, I think we spoke the other day, right? His standard was just like, if Krishna wants me to, to eat, well, he will provide, I have full trust. And he, Krishna wants me to fast, he won't provide, I have full trust. <laughs> So he, that was his stance. He, I don't want to take some personal initiative of, I want this, I will even hmm, beg for food or, or something like this. Hmm. So this boy came once to Madhavendra Puri, offering to him a bowl of, 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 of milk and asking him, why you are not engaging in Madhukar? Why you are not begging for food yourself? So Madhavendra Puri was explaining hmm, and, and, uh, and Madhavendra Puri then started to inquire from him, who are you? Basically, and I say, well, I'm one. How to say? I'm a gopa from this town, basically, and uh, my duty, basically, here is that nobody in this in this area in this village is go goes hungry, basically. So if someone is hungry, it's my my dharma no? to provide for them, basically. Hmm? So in my village, nobody nobody fasts. <laughs> I know. Sorry, this is your standard sometimes, but here. Sorry, the boys say, no? <laughs> and especially knowing that you are not, like, begging for yourself, 
I took as my own responsibility to daily bringing something. So here's this bowl of milk. Please take that. And take care. Don't, don't throw the bowl. bowl. I will come tomorrow to pick the bowl and bring it again back with milk. So, okay. Then the Puya was at that time, was he was feeling some particular attraction to that boy. He was like not able to, to take it out of his mind, even when he left. So he was totally like astonished and wondering. And he wanted to sleep and was not able to sleep for a moment. So he started to chant and chant. Eventually he fell asleep. And when he was sleeping, some dream came. No? And this and this boy appeared again in the dream. He took him Madhavendra Puri by his hand and, and, and telling to him, t- taking him into the middle of a jungle. Remember that time Brindavan was more like a forest jungle or something like that. It was not like now with guest house and stuff like this. <laughs> but it was just like a, a, like a jungle. The Goswami started to make that more available, if you will, put in temples and here and there. So he, he, this boy in the dream said to Madhavendra Puri, well, I'm here in this place in the midst of the jungle and I'm, and I'm for quite a long time here. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not so comfortable being here. And I'm hungry and, and I'm, I'm, I feel like kind of hot here. So help me with, with dealing with all this. Number in Davan is quite hot on summer, as you know. So please take me out of the jungle, basically. The boy is saying, the same boy. To Madhavendra Puri in the dream. Hmm? And put me in Govardhan. Hmm? Situate me, lo- situate me, locate me in Govardhan. And play, place a temple there, construct a temple there, install me in that temple in Govardhan. All this in the dream with Madhavendra Puri. Hmm? Hmm? And also the boy say in the dream, and I have been looking at you for quite a long time. I've been like following your case, basically. And I, I, I was really waiting for you to come to Vrindavan. So, it's so nice that we are meeting together now. And my name is Gopal. I introduce myself to you. <laughs> I am Gopal. The one who lived the Goberton Hill, maybe that's not <laughs> He introduced himself as such. I'm Gopal, also known as Giridhari. Yeah. That's some fit connected to, to some things I did in the past. And and I was installed here as a deity by Bajranab. Bajranab is Krishna's grandson or great-grandson or something. Some thousands of years back. But now, after some time, when the Muslims attacked the area, the Pujari that was worshipping this deity, all this is shared by Gopal himself to Madhavendra Puri in the dream. The, the Pujari has to hit me because of the Muslim attack. So he had to hit me. This and this particular area of the jungle here in Brach. Hmm? So please take me out of that. I'm quite uncomfortable there now. And I want you to to, to worship me. I was waiting for you basically. Try to imagine. And the boy disappears and Mother Vendrapur wakes up. So you can imagine. Imagine if you have such a dream one night. <laughs> what will you do with your life the next day? <laughs> so Madhavendrapuri, of course. He, he's fully aware of what happened. It was not only a dream in the scriptures to say that divine revelation can come in different ways, and one of them is through dreams as well. There are many cases, mm-hmm. a lot especially in connection with Jagannath and Jagannath Puri. <laughs> so he wakes up, and he's so much like en- en- enlivened by the experience he had and realizing, oh my God, this Gopal, this boy that brought milk to me yesterday, 
is my Gopal, my Ishtadev. And, and, and as a form, in, in the form of a deity, he's asking me this particular seva. So, I mean, I'm all for that. So he woke up and he started to share his dream with all the Brajabasis. And he has such a deep conviction and insight that he was able to convince the whole of Vrindavan to help him to construct, to find the deity and construct the temple. I mean, that speaks about Madhavendra Puri's bhakti. Because imagine you have a dream and you woke up and you start to convince the whole bill, the whole town. I had this dream and we have to... Con- I was say, you're totally crazy. I mean, like, keep dreaming. <laughs> but Madhavendra Puri was... Madhavendra Puri. So basically, he said to all of them, the, the, the very owner of this place... Govardhandhari, Giridhari, Gopal, he appeared in a dream. He appeared yesterday to me and he's in the jungle. He's here and there. So we have to rescue him. No? He's uncomfortable there. So bring all of you, how do you say, machete? No? All this stuff for cleaning, cleaning the path and finding him. So all the, again, all the town like joined him very joyfully with full trust and eventually they arrived to the sacred spot and there it was, Gopal. <laughs> so they took him to Govardhan because he he asked that I want to be situated in Govardhan and they put him in a particular rock in Govardhan that serves as a as a provisional you say provisional altar and then the deity was installed with a great great festival before the temple was eventually constructed so many people from the whole not only branch but gradually the news started to spread to nearby areas started to bring different offerings from the Abhishek for offering bhoga to him. So it is said that it was like similar as what we know in the Bhagavatam that's the Anakut celebration that took place in the Govardhan Lila. Then when Krishna can sell the worship of Indra and say you, can, you have to offer all this to to Giriraj and it was huge quantities of preparation. There was another Giriraj of Boga. So it is said that in this particular moment with Madhavendra Puri, remember Gopal was hungry many, many years without eating. So great offering. That was the sensibility of the Brajabasis. Oh, he has been here for so long. Nobody made an offering for so long. He must be so hungry. That's the psychology of Vrindavan. It's not like, oh, he's God, self-satisfied. He doesn't need anything. <laughs> and as we said the other day, he's so needy. Especially now, I mean, he was hidden here for thousands of years, so he has to eat a lot. So they start to bring boga and boga and different offerings. Mm-hmm. So it is said that Gopal accepted all these offerings. Um, and all the Brajavasis were feeling, by the grace of Madhavendra Puri, all of us are feeling like if we are celebrating again this Anakut ceremony that took place when Krishna left Giriraj. Because again, Gopal is Giridhari. So it was like a kind of second Govardhan Lila no? with Madhavendra Puri, if you will. Hmm? And interestingly, the experience was so moving for everyone that people from nearby villages asked for Madhavendra Puri, please come to our village and let's celebrate another Anakut Mahotsav with, that, with you there. So it is said that he obeyed, followed the, the desire of these other devotees in different areas. So for many months he was, <laughs> after installing Gopal in Vrindavan, going to different villages and celebrating one Anakut festival after the other in different places. So that continued for some time. Gopal was there. But then came a second dream. 
to Madhavendra Puri, which is more connected. Remember, all this is in the context of Mahaprabhu's in Ramuna and Kirachor Gopinath. Try to sorry maintain that in context. The second deity. Now there will be some connection. So in that second dream, Gopal told to Madhavendra Puri, "Well, you took me out of the jungle where I was really suffering from heat, uh, surrounded by grass and whatever, but I'm still like suffering from from high wet high." high almost feverish like <laughs> I'm hot so I need to be refreshed somehow or other so please bring some sandalwood paste for me from Jagannath Puri <laughs> he didn't say go to Loi Bazaar and get some sandalwood paste <laughs> bring from Jagannath Puri which is as I say not that close as it is from Navadvip bring down to Jagannath Puri again walking it's not just okay I will have the ticket nowadays that's our uh, as one devotee said the other day I like that idea he said nowadays we travel to the dam by plane and I understand it's practical <laughs> especially living on the western countries but we may arrive to Brindavan tomorrow by plane but our minds will arrive there one week after <laughs> but in, in, in the old times the devotees went to Brindavan walking and that may took months so their minds arrived to Vrindavan months before mm -hmm. arriving there physically. Mm -hmm. huh? Because in their, in their pilgrimage and arriving there internally, they were already longing and... Oh, this, no. You follow? So that's a nice way of appreciating also this type of ancient dynamics, if you will. <laughs> so basically, Gopal asked this to Madhavendra, please go to Jagannath Puri, get some sandalwood paste, eventually grind that, and apply that on my body, and only then I will be like refreshed. Which again, it may seem like whimsical. Like Madhavendra Puri was not a young boy <laughs> to begin with. He was not young. And to walk from Vrindavan to Jagannath Puri, I'm from Jagannath Puri to Vrindavan. <laughs> that may take a long time. And maybe some sandalwood paste may be available nearby, but Gopal has his ways, basically. And Madhavendra Puri was there to live for that. Basically, so he didn't have it out at, at any moment. He didn't thought, "You are too whimsical. Ask me something else. Can mm -hmm. I get some? I don't know, peacock feather fan, and that's enough, or something." <laughs> Sandalwood paste from Puri. No, <laughs> no, no doubt at all. Immediately, like, okay, I'm engaged in Takurji Seva. I'm, I'm so blessed. I mean, what, what what else can I ask for? So he started on his way from Vrindavan to Puri again, months and months pilgrimage. So on the way to Puri, it is that Madhavendra Puri stopped at Remuna. At this point that Mahaprabhu stopped going to Puri with his associates. You follow the narrative? He's narrating this story being in Remuna. He's telling the story of the famous deity in Remuna called Kirchor Gopina. So why Kirchor Gopina is famous? Now this is, this is coming to happen. So Madhavendra Puri asked uh, basically, which types of, of food you offer to the deity here? I would like to know, so I can prepare them for my Gopal in Brindavan. Hmm? Again, he was absorbing, pleasing his Ista Devata. Hmm? So he here, oh, here there is a very famous famous preparation called Gopinath Kheer, which is, again, sweet rice offered to the deity of Gopinath there in Ramuna. 
So Madhavendra Puri thought, oh, if I just could know, have a taste of that, so I can know how it tastes and I can prepare that for my Gopa. He didn't thought I could have a taste for that so I can satisfy my tongue, but only so I can know how to prepare that for. But immediately after that thought came, he thought, I'm such, ah. he said to himself, I'm such a rascal with the excuse that I want to know how that's prepared for Gopa, actually I want to satisfy my tongue. Actually it was not like that. <laughs> but Malavendra's poor humility rose there to the surface and he himself like uh, chastised himself about that. So he, all of this was in his mind, he never said anything. So without a word, he left the temple, ashamed, you know, like embarrassed, like I'm such a sense enjoyer. And so, like, he was topmost renunciant. <laughs> so he went to sleep, basically. Uh, so it is said that that night, the, the Pujari, the devotee who, who was worshipping the deity of, of Gopinath there, at that time was called Gopinath. Gopinath. So that night, the, the Pujari, again, another dream is coming here. No? So the Pujari would say to him, I mean, Gopinath said to the Pujari in the dream, wake up. I have saved, there are, there are coming, I have saved, <laughs> I think it was five pots or ten, I don't remember how many. Do you remember the quantities? No. I thought it was twelve. Okay, yeah, there are twelve pots. Uh, or daily they offer certain quantity of pots, let's say, to of this here to me. But five of them or something or whatever, twelve, whatever, I have hidden them behind me. And oh, those... Oh, so there were twelve in total, but one was hidden. Only one? Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> whatever the number. No, there were totally 12 offered on a daily basis, according to Salmon and the last. And <laughs> just in case you know who to speak about. And Gopinath told him, but there's one that I have saved for Madhavendra Puri. So it's behind myself on the altar. So you go now, pick that here, look for Madhavendra Puri. He's a great devotee of mine. And he wanted to taste this kir, and because of this he didn't say anything and so on, and give that to him. So you can imagine, the Pujari woke up and immediately realized, okay, this is... A, and he went, of course, to the altar, and there was the one pot of kir. <laughs> so again, it was not a mere dream. So he goes to the to the town, because he didn't know who Madhavendra Puri was. So he starts to call, like, Madhavendra Puri, Madhavendra Puri, Gopinath has stolen some cure for you. So here I brought this. He wants that you to taste it. So so you can imagine Madhavendra Puri was so humble. So he felt that. He heard that. He felt so embarrassed. Uh, like mm. I'm such lowly character and, 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 and Gopin and made this for me. And also he felt, oh, I may become famous because of this. That's another thing. But, but well, we will get to that. So first he accepts that. He receives the cure. And he honors that, and of course it had a otherworldly taste. But again, he was tasting that so I can offer that to Gopal. So they say that after honoring the cure of that one pot, he breaks the pot, because generally they present this cure in, in earthen, earthen pots. So he broke the earthen pot, and every single day he will eat a piece of the pot as well. Not only the, the cure in itself. So he's showing real standard of Honoring Mahaprasad. <laughs> yeah. To begin with, not for his own satisfaction, but how this I can transform this experience of tasting in further seva, because that was his own intention. 
and then not only the content is relishable but the <laughs> the vessel itself so he every single day he will eat a piece of this earthen pot and honoring that honoring that but again he thought oh by 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 Gopi not having stolen again and from that comes his name Kir Chor Chor means like thief thief of Kir Gopinath, the thief of Kiev for Madhavan. He said, I will become very very famous with this. So many people will come and will want to sh to meet me, and I will be... So I better disappear from this place as soon as possible. Hmm? Because he was he was not interesting, basically, hmm? in that in that world. So that same day, <laughs> he, he left from Ramuna and continued his journey to Puri. Hmm? So finally... He arrives to, Jag to Jagannath Puri after a long journey. So he shares the story of, of Gopal, his deity in Vrindavan. Please bear with me the whole sequence of events. And why Gopal sent him to Puri for finding this sandalwood paste, for being relieved of heat and so on. Mm -hmm. So they really make believe his story for sure. And they get this sandalwood paste and some camphor. And they get some like government papers because at that time it was not so easy to travel with this type of substances. And he was bringing a good amount of that. So the Puri devotees got some Brahmins and priests and, and other devotees who all joined Jagan, uh, Madhavendra Puri in his journey back to Vrindavan. And Madhavendra Puri received all the support necessary for his journey and so on. So he started on his way back to Vrindavan from Jagannath Puri. With all this big like load of sandalwood and and uh, camphor to be grinded and eventually offered to Gopal. So at one point, returning from Puri to Vrindavan, he stopped again in Ramona, in this temple of Kirchor Gopinath, one more time. So that same night, Madhavendra Puri had another dream, <laughs> a third one. And what did happen there? Gopal again appeared to him in a dream and said to him, well, actually, between myself and Gopinath, Kirchor Gopinath and myself, we follow the two deities, no? Ramon and Vrindavan, we are one. Again, another important point of Tattva. No? I mean, Mahaprabhu here, and Mahaprabhu and some other, Mahaprabhu, Mahaprabhu, they are one. No? So we are one, he said, no? myself and Vrindavan and Gopinath here. So the only thing you have to do is to grind all this sandalwood paste and comfort and offer that to Gopinath. In Ramona, you don't need to go back to Vrindavan. Offer that to Gopinath, and that is as good as if you are offering that to me in Vrindavan. I will obtain relief from heat if you offer that to Gopinath. So basically, that's what Madhavendra Puri does. And that's the story, basically, that Mahaprabhu is sharing at this point with his associates when stopping at Ramona on his way to Jagannath Puri. Kirachor Gopinath, Yuki. So we are here joining Mahaprabhu on his journey to Puri. And then, of course, Mahaprabhu also further extols the glories of Madhavendra Puri by invoking one famous verse. I don't want to get sidetracked in this, but again, we want to get stuck there in eternity. Which, again, it's like shows how he was the main, the first one who showed this mood that Mahaprabhu came to taste then. I died, how would you say? So then Madhavendra Puri is praying in Radha Bhav. Mahaprabhu says only a few people understood this, this verse. Madhavendra Puri, Sri Radha and Mahaprabhu himself 
he's expressing the mood of love and separation. Sri Radha is saying, when will I see my beloved one more time? What can I do? And so on. We won't enter into the details of that verse. That will be another lecture altogether. But basically, Mahaprabhu recites this verse himself, understanding the implications of that verse, and passes, I would say, passes out, faints, basically, and shows different ecstatic symptoms at that moment, without being able to stop repeating the verse, but also without being able of fully repeating the verse, <laughs> due to ecstasy, gat gada, like throat, choking, choking? Mm. Choked, choked throat, basically. So, eventually Mahaprabhu recovers from his ecstasy and he, being in Ramona, still receives this famous sweet rice that, of Kirachor Gopinath. You can even, if you go to Ramona, you will receive this Kirachor Gopinath. I didn't have the chance, but all the devotees I know that have tasted that sweet rice told me, like, yeah. that's otherworldly. <laughs> I can confirm. Okay, here we have some <laughs> testimony. So then Mahaprabhu passed that, the night in the temple of Kirchora Gopina, that particular night, and the next day continued after Mangalarti with his journey. Mm -hmm. And then he visited, he visited some other temples before reaching Jagannath. And one of them, which is also a famous story, I will tell it briefly in this case, is this, the temple and the deity of another Gopal, mm -hmm. called Sakshi Gopal. Sakshi Gopal. Mm -hmm. So Sakshi... Well, the deity of Gopal of Madhavendra Puri, just technical information now, is no longer in Vrindavan, but is the famous Natji deity worshipped by the Balabs and Pradaya nowadays. The main deity of, of the Balabis is this Gopal deity that was worshipped by, uh, by Madhavendra Puri, but now it's worshipped by them. It's a famous deity that of Gopal like, lifting over them with one hand and with his two eyes looking down. You may have seen him. It's a famous story. <laughs> Let's get stuck there. <laughs> Where is it now? The dating? This is in the main city of the Balabis. What's the name of the place? Uh, this is in Gujarat. 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 Yeah, Gujarat. The main. Sorry? The, no, no, the, the main, the main uh, place of the Balabis. Uh, uh, no, it's not Gujarat. No. It's the state. Yeah, yeah, the name, specific mm -hmm. name, well, that's like the headquarters of the Balab Sampradaya. It's not in Brindavan per se, but it's not that far either. So, uh, it's on the tip of the tongue, it does not come. So the famous, yeah, why not? But continue translating if you can. <laughs> so this famous deity of, of Natji, as, as it's called by them, is Krishna lifting over and looking downstairs because it's, it is said that when Krishna was lifting over them, at one moment, his hand trembled. And his hand trembled means the whole heel trembled. And the whole of Vrindavan was below the heel. And it seemed like, oh, heels trembled. So everyone thought from their different perspective. No? The friends will think, oh, Krishna needs to change the heel to the other hand. He's not strong enough. So Sri Dan will say, give me the heel to me. Now, I always defeat you in battle on a daily basis. So I'm stronger than you. So give me the... Just rest for a while. And just so that we'll be coming and, and, and feeding him some ladus and kheer and so on, because he feels oh, he's not strong enough, he needs to eat more. And each devotee from their different perspective. But it is said that one, the ultimate reason was that Sri Krishna was taking darshan of Sri Radha, and at one point, due to the impact of her loving glance, if you will, their, her prem, he was like, oh, shocked for, for a moment and started to become transcendentally dizzy. So his hand trembled. But everyone else thought, 
something else was the reason. But it is said that at that point Balaram realized, like, make like the connection. He looked at Krishna, he looked at Radha and Krishna. Okay. So Balaram looked at Krishna without saying anything, and like in playing. Okay, now I understand why you created all this whole Govardhan Lila. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many levels of reason, not chastising Indra, protecting Rajabas, but ultimately it was just to have one weekly non interrupted darshan of Sirada. <laughs> I, I, I saw you. <laughs> so that's when Krishna, realizing, oh, my Dauji, my, my, my elder brother noticed me, he went like. <laughs> <laughs> He, he looked, how you say, dumb? No, ashamed, like, okay. <laughs> I was called. So, so that's the deity that, you, that, that they are worshipping. Yeah, not the Dwar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the Dwar. Yeah. So that's the headquarters of the Bali. So they have the deity now. Somehow. Whatever. <laughs> so going to the other Gopal, remember, Sakshi Gopal Mahaprabhu was there. I won't tell that in detail, but there is a whole story when one old Brahmana, elder Brahmana was going with another younger Brahmana in, in pilgrimage, and the younger Brahmana was like assisting the elder one. So the elder one was so pleased with the service of the younger one that said, I'm so pleased with you that I would like to give you my, my daughter in marriage to you. And the younger Brahmana said, I mean, I'm so falling, I do not deserve that. I'm from a lower Brahmin caste, all these social considerations of the time. So it's okay. But the elder Brahman insisted, please, please. So the younger Brahman kind of felt, mm, okay, but maybe that will create some problems. So do you promise that to me? He said, yes. But you have to promise that in the name of Gopal, he said. And there was a nearby deity of Gopal. So we will take him as witness in case some problem comes. You promise that in front of him? So the elder Brahman said yes. But eventually the elder Brahman came and all his family opposed to his idea. Because not this younger Brahman is from young from lower caste and all these social considerations and so on. So eventually the whole thing was okay, the younger Brahman and, and the, the elder Brahman became so much pressure that he even denied. No no I didn't say anything <laughs> for a moment. So the younger Brahman said, okay, I will call Gopal. And the elder Brahman said, okay, if Gopal gives his testimony, I accept, we will accept. So he goes to Gopal and presents his case. This happened, this happened, please. Come with me and give testimony. So he's speaking to the deities, which supposedly doesn't speak, doesn't walk, doesn't give testimony. <laughs> but he does, actually, if we really have the proper Shraddha. So this Brahman had that Shraddha. So he went to Gopal and, and Gopal said, okay, I will go. I will follow behind you. You don't look back. You just walk and you will hear that I'm joining you by hearing my ankle bells sounding, speaking, uh, walking behind you. So in this way that happened. Not the brown walk and he was hearing Krishna's ankle bells. So Gopal was... And eventually when they reached the place, the Brahmin went, give, take a turn and Gopal was there. He said, okay, you go and pick the rest. I will give testimony. I will remain here without moving. Okay, and the brown one. So eventually, everything happened. Hmm? The, I mean, and, and, and happy end to the story. You know, the other Brahmin came and Gopal gave testimony. And from that on, the deity is called Sakshi Gopal. So Sakshi means witness, basically. So Gopal, how do you say, bearing witness? Mm. Bearing witness to the Brahmin's promise. So the Brahmin's words do not go in vain, basically. Mm. 
So Mahaprabhu stopped in this temple also on his way and he shared this story with his associate, which is the standard of Parikram. You go to one place and there's Harikata in connection to what happened in that place and everyone gets absorbed in that and so on. So So then, I don't know where we will end today. You have time today, right? Yes. Okay, you have a long day today, so I appreciate your time. So then Mahaprabhu goes to another place called Kamalpur, and I have to mention this briefly. He takes a bath there, and he leaves his sannyas staff, or rod, you say, with Nityananda, or Chaitanya Bhatt say with Jagadananda, but at one point Jagadananda gives to Nityananda. And the point that we all know may, may know it, Nityananda takes Mahaprabhu's Ekadanda that he received from Kesha Bharati and makes it a Tridanda, <laughs> but in a unique way. <laughs> Taking the one stuff and breaking it into three pieces, basically. So, and, 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 and throwing to the river, even. So, it is said that mostly different reasons why he did that. He considered Mahaprabhu as topmost type of sannyas, which is a Paramahamsa, which is not carrying any stuff, even. He's beyond the, the danda. Or because he accepted from Kesha Bharati, as we know, Eka danda, because Kesha Bharati, at least overtly, was an abating but converted by Mahaprabhu in that same spot. But he received one danda. Maya, the Advaita Vedantins carry this ekadanda, which means one. It's all about one, becoming one. But the Vaishnavas carry three danda, which means mind, body, and, and, and words in the service of Bhagavan. So Nityananda break it in three places to show this is Vaishnava sannyas. This is not ekadanda sannyas. This is not, you know. And some other reasons in that connection. So, <clears throat> so well, we continue. We are getting closer and closer to Jagannath Puri, almost there. We are 10 kilometers from Puri, so it's not that far. So at 10 kilometers in Jagannath Puri, Mahaprabhu is seeing the flag in the dome of the Jagannath Temple. Every day they change the flag. There is a whole story behind that. There are generations and generations of sevakas who only quote-unquote services just to change the flash every day. And they climb the whole dome without any stairs or something. Maybe you have seen that image. They are like... What, so really yeah, yeah, really. These type of people, how they call it together? Doing parkour? Something like this? <laughs> <laughs> they were the original ones, basically. <laughs> so Mahaprabhu sees the flag, which it is says is non-different from having darshan of Jagannath, so he becomes ecstatic by seeing just the flag of Jagannath. Imagine after months and months, you remember, their minds are in advance, there, what to speak, Mahaprabhu's mind. So he starts to dance ecstatically along with his associates. Hmm? So he reaches one like entry gate called Attaranal hmm? in, in, Jagan, in Jagannath Puri. And this is when Mahaprabhu, at this point Mahaprabhu doesn't have a clue about what happened with his danda. But he knew Nityananda had the danda. So can you give me my danda back? <laughs> 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 So Nityananda said, uh, no. <laughs> How about it? No, it broke in three place, in three parts. <laughs> and I said, but what? How did it happen? And basically, I say, well, you were dancing in ecstasy and you fell over me and I fell, and we fell over the dance and it broke. <laughs> so, and where are those three parts? And Nityananda said, I don't have a clue. How about it? Nityananda, 
So on on, on, my, on Nityananda say, well, if you if you don't want to for, to forgive me for this, Nityananda say, you chastise me as you consider. <laughs> so Mahaprabhu shows himself externally angry with Nityananda. Externally, internally, he cannot be but pleased with him, understanding the real purpose of that. And he said, you, you, you bereft me, deprived me of my only company. Because for a sannyasi, the only company sometimes is to say this is Danda. So externally showing himself angry, says, you go first to Jagannath. I, want, I, will, I will go alone. You are breaking my Danda and all this stuff. You, you go. You go first or after me. But I will go on my own. So it is said that Mahaprabhu goes first by himself, entering Jagannath Puri. And the rest of his devotees, Nityananda and some others, are, are following him. So then we finally reached Jagannath Puri. Sorry, it took almost an hour to reach there. But there were some things, important things too. And for us to understand, it's not just about, again, getting to the place. Okay, now we're there. But all this momentum that is created by all these different lilas. So today we will share one lila of Mahaprabhu in Jagannath Puri, which is connected to his the very arrival of himself there. And this one of the most well-known ones, which is the um, the redemption of Sri Sarbhavoma Bhattacharya, which happened basically the, on day one, or started to happen on day one. There was a week on some sessions there, and so <laughs> So, as you know, Mahaprabhu was ecstatic just seeing the flag. So you can imagine, the closer he got to Jagannath Puri, seeing the flag, seeing the dome, seeing the temple, seeing the gate... He just enters into the temple. Remember, who is Mahaprabhu? He's Krishna, trying to experience Radha And who is Jagannath? We'll speak more on Sunday, but some trailer here. <laughs> he's, I mean, we could say Mahaprabhu is Radha in separation from Krishna. I mean, he's Krishna, but predominantly in the mood of Radha in separation from Krishna. So in that sense, he's Radha in separation from Krishna. And who is Jagannath? He's Krishna in separation from Radha. So you just can't, then try to just imagine what must be that meeting. Krishna in separation from Radha, Radha in separation from Krishna. That's Mahaprabhu arriving to Jagannath Puri. So he entered, he just entered running to the temple of Jagannath. Like running like crazy and shouting and, and, and who knows what more. But it is said that in ecstasy he started running and in ecstasy he fainted on the way. <laughs> Because just already to enter a temple running and shouting is ecstatic. But his ecstasy was so big that it overflowed in the way that he collapsed on the way. He wanted just to go and embrace Jagannath. That was his, his standard, basically, of worshipping Jagannath. <laughs> no. And on the way of trying to embrace Jagannath, he collapsed there. So at that point, certain, like, how do you say, like, caretakers, temple guards... They saw Mahaprabhu and it was like such a shock for them because that was not the standard generally. I mean, people enter into the temple, offer something, behave in a certain way and this unique volcanic person enter and shouting and, and wanting to embrace the deity but collapsing on the way. So all the temple guards like came even trying to beat Mahaprabhu, thinking this person is crazy, is it then public danger or something. So when the, those people were about to hit, to beat Mahaprabhu, Sarvabhuma Bhattacharya appeared there on the spot, being himself like a main, uh, yeah, we could say like counselor of the king even, like even like the guru of Prataparudra Maharaj, who was not present at Puri at that time. Prataparudra Maharaj were on some conquest outside of some other, sorry? Conquest. 
conquest. Thank you. And other places. Hmm? To Sarbaboma, but Tachera appears there and stops the temple guards. No, no, do not beat him. He he could see, even though he was a monist at this time, at Beit Vedantin, he could appreciate this person is not ordinary. He's not just crazy. I mean, he's crazy, but <laughs> but not just crazy. <laughs> Another type of madness. He's, he perceived there are ecstatic symptoms here. So he took Mahaprabhu to his home. So again, the whole conversion of Sarvabhoma began <laughs> at that point. <laughs> so Sarvabhoma, as we know, he's Brihaspati, also considered the guru of the devas, and we are now in Gorlila to upgrade his position, if you will. So he takes Mahaprabhu to his home, and at this point all the devotees, remember, were behind Mahaprabhu arriving to Puri, also ecstatic singing and dancing and rolling on the ground, <laughs> and eventually, and they start to look, where is Mahaprabhu? So they went to the temple of Jagannath, I look for Mahaprabhu, look, and eventually they got the news. This happened and he was taken to the house of, of Sarvabhoma. Mm-hmm. So they went to Sarvabhoma's house and Mahaprabhu still was lying uh, unconscious for hours, mm-hmm. for hours. It is say like it lasted for nine hours, his fainting. And that was a daily affair. Mm-hmm. Kirtan, fainting, and so on. <coughs> so the devotees came, very happy seeing Mahaprabhu, and they started to chant Harinam, in a soft way, and trying to bring Mahaprabhu back to what we call external consciousness. I mean, external in one sense, there's nothing external in Mahaprabhu, but out of his inner hmm, trance, if you will. Hmm? So it is said that from that day on, from day one, <laughs> Mahaprabhu realized, I cannot take darshan of Jagannath in close proximity. So from that day on, his standard was, I, he went daily to the Garuda Stamba, which is a big pillar that it's not right inside, close to the temple, but on some distance, and from there he will take darshan of Jagannath. Because he knew if I go beyond this, who knows what will happen. <laughs> so that that's the first day of Mahaprabhu in Puri, just, just to, to have you an idea. So when Mahaprabhu comes back to his external consciousness, he like reveres, Ma, uh, Sarvabhoma reveres Mahaprabhu saying, that's how this, the Advaitins monists will greet each other. Om Narayana. Like, my respects to you, Narayan. And the other will say, my respects to you, Narayan. <laughs> because and you, ultimately they consider all of us are the absolute, basically, in every sense of the term. Advaita Vedanta. So Mahaprabhu replied, saying, Krishna Matiras too. He didn't say, no. He didn't reply in the same way because that shows Mahaprabhu was not in Advaitin Sanyas. He said, Krishna Matiras too, hmm? which is a, a line of the Bhagavatam pronounced by Prahlad, which means, may, may you be Krishna conscious, basically. Hmm? Krishna Matir, Matir means intelligence or mind, consciousness, be with Krishna. May you, may you be Krishna conscious. <laughs> so he very clearly, when, then this, the Bhattacharya said, oh, he's a Vaishnava Sanyasi. These quotes were there. I mean, everyone knew how to greet each other. Oh, you are from this sect because you greeted me in this way and you are from this sect. Mm-hmm. Although Mahaprabhu seemed like an abating sannyasi. Mm-hmm. So then Sarvabhoma starts to inquire from Gopinath. Gopinath, uh, he was, um, how do you say in English? Brother-in-law. He was Sarvabhoma's brother-in-law. So he started to inquire because Gopinath was a devotee of Mahaprabhu. So what's the background of Mahaprabhu? What's the background of his sannyas? But to begin with, what's the background of his of Mahaprabhu? So we got to know, oh, he's the 
he's the grandson of Nilambara Chakrabarti. Mahaprabhu is the, son, the grandson of Nilambar Chakrabarti, who, is, who was the father of Mahaprabhu's father, Jagannath Misra. So he realized, uh, oh, we have some connection, some family ties, because several of so, oh, Nilambar Chakrabarti was a classmate of my father. So immediately, Prabhupada felt sound like, I don't know, we are part of the same, birds of the same feather flock, even though there were some differences. But he kind of felt some affection towards Mahaprabhu. I remember Sarvabhoma was an old seasoned fellow. Mahaprabhu was a very young, fresh sannyasi. So he kind of also feel some batsalya, like, oh, such a nice boy, so beautiful, sannyasi, 24 years. Hmm? So, and, and, and of course Mahaprabhu was com- behaving with Sarvabhoma as an elder. I mean, Sarvabhoma is the elder, I'm a junior. So he said, oh, I'm a very, like, naive, if you will, sannyasi. I just received sannyasi. I don't know too much about anything. So what's good, what's not. So I take shelter in you, Sarvabhoma. You are such a learned personality, topmost pandit in the whole world. That was a fact. So I take you as my guru. In one sense, Sarvabhoma is one of Mahaprabhu's gurus, in the way of how Mahaprabhu behaves with himself, basically. Hmm? And Mahaprabhu says, I came to Puri only to have your association and instruction. So please instruct me. <clears throat> so Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya becomes like compassionate, if you will, and says, oh, you are such young sannyasi. So how, I mean, generally people accept sannyas when they are elder, when they have gone through married life, Vrihastashram, Vanaprastashram. Sanyas ashram, if they are still alive, if you will. Sometimes these ages are given, no? like Ramachari from 1 to 25, Rihasta 25 to 50, Banaprasta 50 to 75, Sanyasis from 75 to 100, or something something like this. A general idea, of course. No? But there he, there it was this young Sanyasi, 24. I mean, so Sarvabhama said, I mean, you are, you are young, I mean, to accept Sanyas. I mean, I took sannyasa at 28, so I mean, I'm not comparing with Mahaprabhu. <laughs> but my point is that you accept the order and you have some idea, you try to prepare, but at the same time, one, I mean, how much experience you have being 20-something. Of course, Mahaprabhu is Mahaprabhu. But Sarvabhama didn't consider Mahaprabhu is Mahaprabhu. <laughs> he just felt, this is a young sannyasi. He has no experience of the world. And he took such, I mean, lifelong vows. I will try to instruct him on Vedanta to, uh, how do you say, to ground him in knowledge so the waves of this world do not disturb him. I wouldn't like him to break his vows as a sannyasi. That happens. Sarvabhama knew. <laughs> so, and also he, he knew, he inquired about his sannyas lineage. And he said he received sannyas from Keshav Bharat. And according to Sarvabhama, he thought, that's a lower sannyas uh, lineage. In the Beta Vedantis, they have different categories. So I will instruct him trying to to elevate him to a higher sannyas status. That was the the good intention of Sarvabhoma. Hmm? So of course he, he explained all this to 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 Gopinath and to Mukunda, associates of Mahaprabhu. I will I will instruct him, I will try to to elevate him. And you can imagine Sarvabhu um, Mukunda Gopinath were like <laughs> what are you saying? He's Bhagavan himself. <laughs> are you crazy? I mean, you want to instruct, you think you will protect him from the waves of this world. He's the origin of this world. He's the source <laughs> of Maya Shakti. <laughs> no? uh, 
and then Sarvabhoma still was a jnani at this stage. Uh, so he said, give me some evidence of that. I mean, I, I mean you cannot just say, he's God. In India, it happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this boy of my town, he's God now. Oh, okay, another one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Add him to the list of <laughs> town boy avatars or something. So he said, give me argument, give me logic, convince me in a, in a proper way. And Gopinath said, you cannot, under, you cannot understand who God is only by logic. As we say yesterday, Tarka Pratishtanat. Only because of the mercy, of His mercy, you will be able to understand. And the fact that you do not accept that means you have not received His mercy. <laughs> so Gopinath was his brother-in-law. He was able to speak like this to Sarvabhoma. And, 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 and he continued with this. You are the greatest pandit on earth, but you have not received Kripa. Bhagavan Kripa, and that's why you still him think of him in ordinary terms. Uh, and then it's, that's when Sarvabhama quotes the famous section, but according to Shastra, Bhagavan is, you say he's Bhagavan, okay, let's, let's speak about that. According to Shastra, Bhagavan is not coming in Kali Yuga. And the Shastra says he's three Yuga. He comes only in three ages. Three, three ages, Yuga. Satya, Treta and Dwapara, not Kali, we are in Kali. There is no Bhagavan in Kali, he said. Sarvabhama presented that argument. And yeah, he's called Triyuga in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But that's, and then Gopinath replies, retorts, quoting Mahabharata and quoting the Bhagavad, mm-hmm. like Chano, when Prahlad Maharaj said, Chano Avatar, Kalo Chana. In Kali, Bhagavan descends Chana Avatar in a hidden way. He's not overtly presenting himself, I'm Bhagavan, but he comes in the mood of a devotee, Bhakta Avatar. And then he quotes further, Krishna Varnan, Tusar Krishna, Amzango, and many other verses that for, for us go just speak about Mahaprabhu. Hmm. So again, and he repeats, Gopinath repeats, the fact that you cannot accept nor understand this is you have not received the grace of Mahaprabhu. He's on the way of receiving that. He's already doing that, but still he's in the process of conversion. Hmm. So eventually Gopinath and Mukunda go to Mahaprabhu and say, this Sarvabhama said that he wants to instruct you, and he wants to protect you and save you from your vows and all this nonsense. Uh, and Mahaprabhu very humbly said, no, Sarvabhama is like a father to me. He's my well-wisher. He wants to protect me. That was a fact. He wanted to protect him in that particular moon. So, next day begins this. This was very mostly the first day that Mahaprabhu came to Puri. So the next day officially starts Sarvabhama's quote-unquote, schooling Mahaprabhu in Vedanta, the famous weekly retreat. No, they had a retreat there, <laughs> another retreat. It was a Mauna retreat, basically, from the side of Mahaprabhu. It was like this Vipassana they do, <laughs> for a week without speaking. So that was not from the side of Sarvabhoma, but from the side of Mahaprabhu. So Sarvabhoma started to present all this Vedantic wisdom from, term, from the perspective of Advaita Vedanta, explaining Vedanta Sutra, According to this, Saridik Kavashya, which is the commentary of Sankaracharya, for a week, every single day, deep, thick, terse lessons, <laughs> dry gyan. The Mahaprabhu was hearing attentively, without blinking, for a week, but without saying a word. Without saying a word. And, and our, my Guru Maharaj will say, at this point, Mahaprabhu converted Sarvabhoma by not saying anything. By silence, he converted the greatest pundit on earth. Why? Because his achar was so powerful 
but he didn't need to present any prachar. His achar means his personal example, conduct, what was emanating from him, was so powerful that he just converted the greatest logician without saying a word, just by being there. No? And after a week, the greatest logician was just like, <laughs> what's going on? No? And after that, there will be some checkmate, if you will, that Mahaprabhu will say some things. But just with that week of silence, Sarvabhama was totally like, <sighs> out of his mind. No? That, that speaks about the importance of uh, examples speaking louder than precept. We, we know the word achar means conduct, and prachar sometimes translate, translated as preaching. But the word prachar, actually the, the, the etymology of that is achar, pra. The word prachar includes achar and includes pra. Pra means a very special type of. So prachar, which translates as preaching, is a very special type of achar. That's preaching. <laughs> and if you take... As, as I hear once, you take from the word prachar, the, 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 the word achar, the only thing that remains is PR, public relationships. <laughs> so be careful what you do in the name of preaching. So, well, the point is that this, no? Sarvabhoma seated with Mahaprabhu for a week, the duty of the sannyas is to study Vedanta, not to dance like an emotionalist like you are doing, so please sit, learn with me. So for seven days I will... And he starts to speak, and after a week, Sarvabhama asks, so, do you have any question? Is it clear for you? I mean, I can tell, I, I, I notice that you are looking at me and you're paying attention, but you don't say anything. Every time I present Vedanta, all the greatest pandits of the world praise my presentation and, and, and are overwhelmed by all the things I'm saying, and you are not saying a single word. But I cannot say you are not listening. You are listening. So... So he's, what's going on here? Do you have any question? Was it clear? He said, well, basically, the points presented in Vedanta are quite clear, but the way you presented them made them totally unclear. <laughs> <laughs> so someone was, what? <laughs> First time in my life someone is saying something. Everyone is like praising whatever I say. You are telling me that I'm getting on the way with my per explanation, I'm getting on the way of real meaning of the Danta. You say, do you have a better explanation of the Danta you could share? <laughs> Basically, no? And, of course, Mahaprabhu say yes, for sure. I mean, there's no need to, even the Bhagavatam itself is the natural explanation of Vedanta, so you don't need to create some forced interpretation like you are doing. Of course, Sarvabhama was trying to explain Vedanta according to Sankaracharya, and Mahaprabhu started to, to, to show Sankaracharya's argument get in the way of the real Vedanta. So there's some, again, already at this point, Sarvabhama was almost ready for conversion. It's just a checkmate movement. So Sarvabhama presented some argument from the Advaita Vedanta inside. We won't enter into detail with that. And Mahaprabhu refuted them all like, no, in two minutes, two seconds. No, establishing, no, the Vedas are speaking about Sambanda, Videya, Prayojan. Bhakti, the soul, rendering bhakti to Bhagavan, that's the ultimate, and, and, and so on. And what Sankara did, he's Mahadev himself with some particular mission given to him by Bhagavan. So because of this, he said this and this. So there's no fault in him. And we are not criticizing Sankaracharya. Ki jai. Ki Mahadev. So the point is that at this point, Sarvabhoma was like Uddhava here in Brahma Gita, basically, you know, like speechless. Like, he, what, what are, like, 
And, and, <laughs> and now he was in silence, basically. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. <laughs> so in this way, Mahaprabhu starts to praise the greatness of Bhakti. Again, I'm summarizing long chapters. To praise the greatness of Bhakti, how Bhakti is the ultimate goal of Vedanta, and Krishna himself says in the Gita, this and so on. And to like to close his explanation, he goes and quotes this famous verse of the Bhagavad, the Atmaram Shloka. Mm-hmm. Atmaramas chamonayo nirgranta apirukrame kurbanti ahaitukim bhaktim itambuto itambutam gunohari. So it's a famous verse, which speaks how Atmarams, self-satisfied personalities, <coughs> who are beyond all worldly knots, if you will, uh, uh, even though they are not attract, nothing attracts them, basically, because they find joy in the self, nonetheless they are attracted to bhakti, which shows how bhakti is a post-liberated condition. You follow? Because even the liberated people is attracted to bhakti. So it means the liberated people is not attracted to anything from this world. It shows bhakti is otherworldly. So basically it's a very famous verse of the Bhagavad which speaks also about Sukadev Goswami who was an Atmaram himself and who felt attracted to Harikata, to Bhakti and so on. So Mahaprabhu presents this idea of showing even someone who is a liberated person, you speak so much about Mukti, 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 Mahaprabhu says. <laughs> okay, the Muktas are attracted to Bhakti. So Bhakti is above Mukti. So Sarvabhoma says, uh, please explain this verse to me. I understand the gist of that, but please un- unpack that. Mahabur said, you please explain it first. What do you understand by this verse? And so Sarvabhoma starts to explain, mostly in logic, that was his language, basically, not according to Bhava and Rasa and so on, in nine different ways, which, I mean, it's already a lot. For some people, it may be even difficult to explain it in one way. Sarvabhama explained it in nine ways, based, but based on Tarka, which is logic. So Mahaprabhu like praises that and says, but also this verse could be understood from another perspective. And of course, with more devotional nuance there. So he goes and starts to explain this Atmaram verse uh, without, in 18 different ways, without touching any of the nine ways explanation that Sarvabhoma did. And all of them in the context of bhakti, 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 going around the idea of Atmaram. So this was like the final how do you say? Another way of not checking my but thrust. Okay. So at this point Sarvabhoma is fully convinced. He reminded the words of his brother-in-law Gopinath, his Bhagavan himself. He's not an ordinary boy, a young sannyasi. <laughs> so Sarvabhoma at this point really accepted, surrendered to Mahaprabhu, to his divinity. And Mahaprabhu at this moment now gives his mercy in the form of darshan. And he shows a famous form of him called Sadbuj. Sadbuj Mahaprabhu, which means sixth arm Mahaprabhu. Two arms like Krishna, two arms like Ram, two arms like Mahaprabhu, like Sannyasi with Danda and Kamandalu. The Danda appeared again <laughs> for the Darshan. <laughs> was there, was there. <laughs> hmm? And then it is said that he, after showing Sadbuj, he showed Chaturbuj, four, four arms, just in case. And then he shows Dwibuj, he formed Krishna. 
No? So you can imagine how Sarbabama was at this point after having this triple darshan. Mm-hmm. So he fell to the floor and started to praise Mahaprabhu. And on the spot, he composed 100 verses, 100 Sanskrit prayers. He was a genius and now was a devotional genius. So he composed 100 prayers to Mahaprabhu called Sarbabama Sataka. Those are famous, very nice ones. Let me share one verse of that. Very nice one. Verse 18. Which is like the... I, I, we spoke the other day about that. We have this very famous verse by Prabhupada Nanda Sarasvati. Yatayata Gouda Padara Vindam Vindeta Bhaktin Krita Punya Rasi Tatatata Sartapa Khridya Kashmat Radha Padamboja Sudamburas. The more you go deep into the, the Mahaprabhu, the service of Gaur's feet, the more you emerge into the service of Sri Radha. No? Mm. You, 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 you go deep in Gaur Lila, you emerge in Krishna Lila. But here... Sarvabhoma, we are also getting the, the last section, he's saying the other way around. So he says, Yatarada padamboje bhakti shat primalakshana tataiva krishna chaitanya bhardati madurarati. The amount of devotion one develops for the lotus feet of Sri Radha, that amount one increases in his devotion for the lotus feet of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. So it's the other idea. The more you go deep into Radha Seva or Krishna Lila, let's say, the more you emerge in. Gurlila. So the two are, uh, my Guru Maharaj will say, how do you say that? With the jacket? What's the word? Reversible. Reversible jacket. No? Gurlila, Krishna Lila. Mm-hmm. Krishna Lila's black jacket with golden cuffs. cuffs. Mm-hmm. Gurlila's golden jacket with black cuffs. <laughs> One and the same. Different degrees of that. So Sarbabhama becomes fully converted. Mm-hmm. And naturally the rest, the whole city of Puri, Puri was a city, big city, kingdom also, was affected by that because Sarbabhoma was the guru of the king, basically. So if the guru of the king is converted, the king is converted. And if the king is converted, <laughs> the kingdom is converted eventually. At this point this didn't happen because, again, the king was not at home. But as we will see eventually when Mahaprabhu returns from South India, that, that will happen eventually. Hmm? But the point is that Jagannath Puri became like flooded in, in a current in a wave of divine love. And as my Guru Mahas likes to say, Jagannath Puri was such a powerful kingdom, so so properly, how do you say? Like protected, that no other invaders could enter and conquer it as it was custom on those times, Muslims and so on. Hmm? But this young boy, quote unquote young boy, <laughs> Of 24 years entered and conquered the whole city almost in the first day, the first week, if you will. <clears throat> so the point is, they were not able to be conquered by any military force, but the force of Prem can conquer all obstacles, basically. So if you give me one few minutes, I would like just to share one brief pastime that shows the degree of Sarvabhama's conversion, as also my Guru Marsh likes to share in terms of karma, jnana, and bhakti. So it is said that after this day, the official day of, Baga, of Sarvabhoma's conversion, Mahaprabhu goes to visit him the next day, in the morning. Sarvabhoma was sleeping, maybe 3 a.m. or something. And Mahaprabhu comes there and enters into his room with Jagannath Prasad, famous Mahaprasad. So he wanted to test, 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 if you will, if you will, uh, if Sarvabhoma's bhakti was Uttam bhakti or if it was Karma Mishra Bhakti and other types of Mishra Bhakti, mixed devotion. So first he wanted to test Sarvabhoma, let's see if your Bhakti is Karma Mishra Bhakti. Bhakti mixed with 
like ritualistic considerations. So he brought Jagannath Mahaprasad at 3 a.m. Sarvama didn't have take bath, didn't wash his brush his teeth, didn't executed any morning duties whatsoever, anything. He was just still sleeping there. So Mahaprabhu came. Jagannath from Mahaprabhu. <laughs> what will you do? <laughs> huh? Because if you are following all this karma mark, that is maybe we are not accustomed to that, we are not living in the Barnashram society, but at that time that was quite prevalent. Do so you have to first realize these certain duties, morning duties and prayers, before you can eat something? So in that, in, the, in that perception, karma is above bhakti. Bhakti means Jagannath Mahaprasad, in this case. And karma means my morning, daily duties and prayers and worship of this day. But the, so Mahaprasad said, let's see where Sarvabhoma is. And he put like Jagannath Mahaprasad in front of his face. <laughs> and Sarvabhoma immediately took Jagannath Mahaprasad, honored that and started to honor that. From the bed, immediately. <laughs> like, and started to glorify Mahaprasad. There's no rules to honor Mahaprasad and bhaktis and so on, like a bhakta, like a devotee. Mm. You know? I don't care for karma kanda, I don't care for all this morning rit Jai Jagannath Mahaprasad ki Jai. <laughs> so Mahaprasad okay, first test passed. <laughs> Your bhakti is about karma. So the second test, Sarvabhoma himself created it, if you will, <laughs> like the next day or something, in those next days, Sarvabhoma came one day to Mahaprabhu with, with the Bhagavatam and, and was like disturbed with one verse of the Bhagavatam, a famous one. Krishna Karnam knows that one. You quoted that yesterday. Something with Mukti. Something with Mukti Pade. Something with Tattenu Kampam Susamik Shamano. Bhatma Kritam Vipakam. Bhatma Putbir Vidadam Namaste. Jiveta Jo Mukti Pade Sadaya. So that word Mukti, for some woman, was like, Traumatizing. <laughs> so he came up with Mahaprabhu, like the example we did the other day, Yoga, Shimam, Baham, Yaham. I don't like Bahami. Uh, okay. I put, so Mahaprabhu scratched Mukti. <laughs> I said to Mahaprabhu, I don't like this word Mukti. <laughs> I don't like even to read that. How can it be in the Bible? Mukti. Oh. <laughs> and Mahaprabhu was like charmed, like, wow, I mean, Two days back, you were all about mukti <laughs> because you were an abating monist. I mean, for them, it's mukti and mukti, and everything converges in mukti. But after Mahaprabhu's conversion, he couldn't even hear the word mukti. <laughs> what to speak of pursuing mukti, sayuja mukti? Just the word mukti was like, oof, no, like vivatsa rasa, like oh, disgust. So, <laughs> well, of course, Mahaprabhu told him. He was charmed, like saying, nice, your bhakti is beyond jnana. That's the same next stage. Jnana, Misra Bhakti, no, no, there. You are not practicing bhakti for obtaining the goal of jnana, which is mukti. You cannot hear the word mukti. So, uh, <laughs> but Mahaprabhu said, you cannot just scratch the Bhagavatam. I mean, for some reason, those words are there. So in this case, I respect you, I honor your feeling, <laughs> but this verse actually says mukti pade. So mukti pade means that at the feet of Bhagavan, Mukti resides. For a Bhakta, it's not after, a Bhakta is not after Mukti, as we know, a Bhakta is not after anything, in that sense. The famous, which is this verse, Narayana Parasarbe, Nakutasana Bibhyati, Swarga Paparga, Swarga Paparga, Swarga no, there's some word I'm missing. Swarga Paparga, Swarga Paparga, 
you said they they sat for a whole week. Mm. Were they like really mystically renounced? Did they not sleep? Did they no, not no, eat? no, no. It's not. I'd say like a week, not without without stopping every single sense, oh, okay. but in ten sessions every single day, basically for oh. hours and hours per day. Mm. But they wouldn't have a problem without stopping that. I mean, the two of them were pretty extraordinary personalities. <laughs> Even before conversion, Sarvabhum, I don't think he had a problem by speaking without interruption for a week about Vedanta. <laughs> but that's not mentioned. That's not mentioned. Third question. Uh, third question. Did Mahaprabhu uh, accept his uh, nine explanations on Atmaram verse based on Tarka? No, actually he didn't accept. I mean, he, in a formal way he respected them because, again, Sarvabhum is a senior to him. So there is some formal respect. But at the same time, all those explanations were still, to that point, on the line of Sankaracharya. So, of course, Mahaprabhu won't, won't be accepted then. So he's, in a gentle way, saying, thank you so much for sharing. But if you allow me, uh, I can sh try to shed some further light on that. And he really showed <laughs> the meaning of the Atmaram verse in the context of, of Bhakti. Okay. Something else? Yeah. Asking about... Yeah, I think it, this subject comes up, I mean, once in a while, but <clears throat> it seems that so much importance is, uh, you know, there's so much focus in dreams, so mm. let's say, how important are dreams, and, you know, in Sadaka's life, I mean, you just, sometimes we can have a deep, you know, like, kind of, the dream that, kind of, we think is meaningful, but, you know, how to tell it's meaningful, and then, like results, or something, maybe it's just a figment of our imagination, or some subconscious stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a, of course, a complex issue, and we are not saying that every dream yeah. is the same thing. There are so many. Of course, in the case of someone like Madhavan, Rapuri, etc., yeah. they are not dreaming, strictly speaking. When we speak about this different, I won't go into detail, but this there are levels of consciousness. It's like revelation. Like the three levels that they say, like awoke, yeah. uh, sleeping, yeah, and, and susupti, or drip sleep, and... Turiatita Gopal, and there is the fourth. So the point is, they are beyond all these levels. So they they sleep, but they do not sleep. They dream, but they do not dream. Is part of their. Of course, that's the case of this kind of personalities. In our case, uh, of course, if you are dreaming about Krishna and Guru, what I will tell you, no, no, that was not true. Of course, if you are dreaming some totally weird stuff in connection to the Vaishnav, that's nothing. <laughs> if it's totally like Rasa, Basa, Afasidanta, or whatever. I mean, okay, that, that you have to understand some different impressions got mixed so this there. Is the, the word that, mm. it, it's like, like mm. the, you know, the English word dream would be an approximation of the term that's used, for example, in this verse, that it would be referring to the you know, the state, mm. you know, the studia, yeah. something yeah, exactly, like that. Exactly. It's not like a dream we, yeah. we mean. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, of course they speak okay. in terms of dream because they are sleeping and dreaming, okay. but they are not yeah. at the same so time. Although the same word may be used, but at the same time, okay. the personalities I describe in such a way that you understand they're totally beyond that. But yeah, for us as sadakas, I will say you don't go... I mean, I mean, if you have, again, auspicious dreams, and, and Krishna can appear whenever, whatever he likes, of course. He, so good, he like, can make it clear. Wi-Fi, you could say. <laughs> Wi-Fi, like, spiritual Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I would say also that one as sadaka shouldn't get too neurotic, because sometimes, in the sense of neurotic, if, if you have not very nice dreams, that which can happen... And sometimes it's, well, it's yeah. still some dust in the 
the Chetudarpana, I mean, in the, in the mirror of your subconscious, and it's not that you have the intention of dreaming about certain weird stuff, but that comes at that moment because there's not, like, conscious filter of the mind and so on. But, I mean, do not get discouraged. That's my point. If you woke up and say, oh, I didn't dream about Krishna, but dream about this <laughs> prajalpic stage or something, and, and you are in the process of cleaning the chitta, so... We have to have another dream. We also use the term in English, I have a dream in my life. Yeah, yeah. So, so in this way, th- those are the type of dreams we have to, to culture. And eventually, in the other dreams, this other dream, these ideals in our life will, will come. Sibonidi, have one question? Yeah, I think it, I'll save it for tomorrow, because I'd like to have... More ex- expanded reply? Well, it's a little... Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I wanted to have a more space okay. for it. Yeah, yeah, we are all, yeah. almost speaking for an hour and a half, so I yeah. think we can stop here. Okay. Short question. The question can be short. The answer, My question is about <clears throat> the position of Saravabhauma Bhattacharya. He's, because he's not Sadhana Siddha. Mm-hmm. Is, is he uh, Nikya Siddha or he's Kripa Siddha? Well, there is no. I have never read anyone like describing him in one of in one of or other of those categories mm-hmm. what we hear is his Rihaspati um, so now the question is <laughs> as we were speaking the other day which Rihaspati? <laughs> that's another topic that, that's what I say it can be long answer because we know there are devas in the material world but there are devas in Golok also and the devas in the material world are just like shadow reflection of the original ones in Golok. Mm-hmm. So when we say Sarvabhoma is Brihaspati, which Brihaspati? <laughs> because there are devas here and there, and there has one guru for them here and there also. <laughs> I never read about that. I, I don't think if there is something about that, we may, we may continue exploring and inquiring, but it, that's an interesting venue. Mm-hmm. But... But I've never read about him being described as Nitya Siddha or I mean if, if he's I will say I will say and this is again on mm-hmm. the on some uh, conjecture, if he will, will, were to be the Brihaspati of Golok, <laughs> yeah, then he's a Nitya Siddha. Uh-huh. Because there's always some Brihaspati in Golok. <laughs> and there are always those devas. Now his Brihaspati on earth, that's a more relative situation because as we know the devas it's a post, mm-hmm. mm. even that of Rihaspati. Mm-hmm. So you, th- th- that, that will change. Mm. So in that case, they are not Nitya Siddhas. Yeah. Uh, they will be mostly Sadhana Siddhas. But of course, in this case, we will we see that Sarvabhama was not engaged in, mm-hmm. in previous Bhakti Sadhana to obtain his upgraded position. So in that case, one can say so Kripa not, Siddhi. So he obtained not, Kripa Siddhi. He will mention in Gaura that's mentioned Brihaspati, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. period, no further clarification, uh-huh. which Brihaspati? The, the older yeah. demigods were coming before, no? Like, uh, she was also explained with Rudra Dweep, with his, like everyone was coming before to take his, waiting for Mahaprabhu to come. So in this sense, those demigods, did they come from Goloka? That's more like, I would say, like <coughs> a description that Bhaktinathakur gives in yeah, the Navadvi exactly. Bhava Taranga, mostly, trying yeah. to, like, to make this parallel with, with Krishna's advent, yeah. where also it is known that the devas come yeah. hmm, 
with different forms and so again we could conjecture many things mm -hmm. but but yeah personally I've never read what about Haridas Taku it would be like a similar situation you know? yeah. which Bra if he is a Brahma you know this Brahma then which type of the, of the Brahmas is here? Because he is no, he is the no, the, the Brahma like the same Brahma that got to meet like Krishna yeah. and go you know, in the lila. Or yeah, in the case of Haridas Thakur, it's a little bit more overtly clear that it's more the Brahma from here. Mm -hmm. I will so, say so because he's, he's the one who commits Sadana the apparat yeah. on earth and mistakes. Haridas Thakur. Yeah, you can consider as such because I mean. He engaged in Southern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you cannot tell he received Kripa City. I mean, like he was just lying then doing nonsense and Southern. He was trying, trying to three lakh per day every day. If you have a Southern and see that, that's Harid Astakur. <laughs> like, this would be like a very questionable. Now, and now Harid Astakur like, is like eternal edition, you know, for all future Gora Lila, you know, now. Or uh, Harid Astakur is like the, the new edition to the Lila. Or, or, or he, he was previously there? Or I mean, he's a Southern Asida, I mean, he's not an Asida. So okay. that means he's like the new edition. Yeah. Why not? We are to be a new edition also. <laughs> there are news in the Lila. There are new waves of people arriving mm -hmm. there and creating Gopa Kumar coming to Golok. It's not that he was already there, so and we are not speaking less of them. All, 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 it's a long topic, but this topic that... Oh, if he's not a Nitya Siddha, you mean he's less and he's a Sadhana Siddha? No, it's a Siddha, as Srila Prabhupada say. Siddha. Nitya Siddha or Sana Siddha? The important word is Siddha. Mm -hmm. I do not enter into this dual mind thing like who is better, who is worse. That's mm -hmm. our own mind trying to make things. So we're going to stop here and tomorrow if there are further questions, continue in the morning and the evening. So thank you very much. Shri Gurudev Ki Jai, Shriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Shri Arinam Sankirtan Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakta Bindaki Jai Gaur Premananda Haribo <laughs>